Hey, this is Wednesday 13, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hey, this is Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, and you are listening to Iron City Rock. Hey, everybody, this is Steve Riley from L.A. Guns, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Episode 449 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. 449 episodes, and we've yet to have a member of this band. Um, So it was fantastic to get a chance to talk to Steve Riley of the LA Guns. LA Guns are going to be releasing an album called Renegade on the 13th of November. Um, As many of you know, there's sort of different versions of the LA Guns. been going through some turmoil in that regard for years. Uh, this version of the band is Steve Riley, Kelly Nichols, Scott Griffin, and Kirk Froloch, um, who was, a, you know, they had formed kind of the nucleus of the band that had been together for quite a while. Uh, the album, fantastic, classic L.A. Guns sound. Uh, Steve uh, played a little bit on the the debut album from the L.A. Guns and then came into the fold full-time with Cocked and Loaded. Uh, their wildly successful uh, sophomore album. Also, um, one of my favorite albums of the 80s played on The Last Command from Wasp and also Inside the Electric Circus and Live in the Raw. Also, Right to Rock with Keel. So, Steve's been around for a long time and done a lot of great records. So, I'm going to play you a little bit of the album Renegade and get into the interview with Steve Riley. <laughs> i 
and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome the Iron City Rocks from the L.A. Guns. We have Steve Riley on the line. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good, John. Good to talk to you, bro. It's wonderful to talk to you. You're one uh, musician we have not had on in, in 11 years. I was looking back, and I don't know that we've, we've had almost every band of that era, but but no one from the L.A. Guns and, and no one with the history from Wasp either, so it's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you guys have a, a, a excellent new album, Renegades, coming out in November. Um, obviously, the world has changed probably drastically since you guys started the process of putting this album together. But uh, oh, can, man. Yeah. can you talk a little bit about just from from an artistic standpoint about about the songs? We'll get into sort of the the market for new music right now. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, it's a totally different world even without this pandemic. The whole thing with doing albums right now too is. Uh, you have to put a big effort into it, mm-hmm. and you have to have a good record company, even if it's an independent record company working with you, because uh, you know that you just don't have those big machines around you anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, we we were very lucky to hook up with Golden Robot Records, and uh, we did the album last year, and uh, we were very lucky. We were going to put it off and record it this year, and uh, we got it finished in December 2019 and all packaged up and uh we were very lucky and uh we planned on record we heard releasing this renegades album in march right before all our shows this year and then everything changed and we started releasing singles like every two months and now we're right up to november where we're going to release the entire album on november 13th but it's a different world out there john right now so you know the band and the record company have to really put an effort into it and uh like i said golden robot's doing a terrific job with our record we're streaming so many we have so many streams on spotify on the first three singles over half a million streams so we're feeling good about that yeah and i think the good thing is you you guys have captured a sound that i think people learned to love with the band you know when, when you guys kind of broke in 87 88 somewhere in that ballpark my mind's a little hazy on that whole decade but you know you guys sounded different from a lot of the other really polished kind of bands that were coming out you know of la and things at that time there was a lot of like you know neons and colors and you know things and you guys had you know, you guys, Faster Pussycat and Guns N' Roses sort of had an edgier sound, and I think you guys maintain that very well, um, but without it sounding like you're trying to relive your 20s. You know, I think it's it's got a mature sure. sound, but still got a real rocking sound. Um, when when you guys write, I mean, you you no stranger to writing music, and, and obviously you guys have had a lot of albums, and you've been on a bunch of other bands' albums. Um do you have a particular formula you guys write, or is this just something, you know, one of you comes up with something, or how do the songs kind of take shape? Well, you know, we uh, we started, like, when we started on the first album in 87, we were all writing together, mm-hmm. and uh, it was, somebody will bring in the gist of a song, and then the rest of the band will finish it in the studio, in the pre-production studio together. And uh, we will... Uh, I'll put our little pieces in, help put a beginning, an ending, a bridge in there, mm-hmm. and then use the gist of the song of whoever brought it in. And that's it. we've been doing that pretty much throughout the whole thing with L.A. Guns, right up to Renegades. And uh, you'll notice that the credits on the album, you'll see all four guys are, are writers on every song. 
and what it's the same situation where I will bring in an idea for a song and it's pretty much done but not completely done and then everybody in the band will work on it together and uh we just always had a really democratic way of doing things in LA Guns where we wanted to share and we wanted to everybody get ahead together. We didn't want there to be one writer or one person writing all the songs and, and the other guys just sitting on the sidelines. We all wanted everybody to really pitch in and, and with their ideas and uh, we've always shared credit on all the songs too because if we get ahead we get ahead together, you know, or we don't. And, you know, it, it was always like that with LA Guns. And uh, it was like that with our idol bands, too. Like Deep Purple did that. Mm -hmm. Van Halen did it. A whole bunch of uh, bands have done that, and they've shared credit on songs. And I think it's a real good way to go, because when you do get into a, a studio, a pre-production or a rehearsal studio, and you're working on a song, everybody really is pitching in and doing their part and putting their little touch on it so that's the way we've always been and uh we did that on renegades too and it, it just works out really good yeah i imagine from you know when you think of music as music business you know it probably helps in that you know if, if you're splitting credits and, and you know doing that kind of thing that you don't get end up getting ticked off honestly you know hey why aren't we using my song you know the other three guys want my, you know this song but I think my song's better you know and you start worrying about your livelihood as opposed to what's what are the best 10 12 songs that we can collectively put together I thought that was smart yeah. how Van Halen did that especially you know an obvious one that comes to mind you know anybody can listen to Van Halen record and say okay you know it was Eddie and, and David put his kind of icing on top of the songs but you know from sure. a business standpoint you know, when you have everybody working to the same goal of making the best possible record and not worrying about who's going to get 30% of that song and 20% of this song and 0% of exactly. this song. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it, and it's a very easy way to do it, too. And I, I really believe that, you know, every band that I've ever been in, when I've been in a pre-production mode, you know, I, I really put my little mark on there. And, mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm glad that, you know, we got to share through L.A. Guns throughout the years like that and uh, I, I also believe when I bring in a song I believe that I need the other guys to mm. round it into shape and really like I said put a beginning an ending a bridge on there how are we going to put the solo how, how should should we do a double chorus I mean there's a really big band effort going into it and I just always thought that was a really really good democratic way to go and then if the song's a hit then everybody shares in it, and we move ahead together, you know. And uh, I just, uh, I, I'm just glad that we have always done that. Yeah, from a from a individual musician standpoint, do you guys um, do do you give and take criticism or you know advice, you know, when, when you're going in, let's say you're playing a song like you know uh, one of the songs on the album that you know maybe you've, you've come up with a drum part and you, you bring it into the guys you start playing and someone says hey you know maybe it would sound a little better like this or you know is that an easy thing for you to do is, is you know because you're the drummer you're the guy who's been playing drums since you know probably a teens or even further back but like is that easy for you to take that kind of critiquing or do you guys kind of stay out of each other's hair it, it, sometimes well, no, it is. It's very easy to take crit criticism on on what I'm doing. 
it's because uh, I started recording like in 75, 1975, when I was like 20, 19 years old. And uh, I uh, worked with Todd Rundgren. And then, you know, I've worked with Tom Warman, Andy Johns, Gene mm -hmm. Simmons, Michael Wagner. I've worked with so many good producers. And I believe that a really good musician will be somebody that can take criticism and and, and somebody that could step back and say, yeah, I'll try that, mm -hmm. and not be so hard-headed and say, hey, listen, I worked on this part by myself, and this is really what I want to do. That's not the way to go. You really want that outside critique of a producer. And so with working with so many good producers over the years, I've taken the step back and said, yeah, I'll try that. And a lot of times, I'll say like 80 to 90% of the times, it works and uh you can you you can coexist in a studio really easy that way mm -hmm. if you're able to step back and say listen i will try that 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 might be a really good idea and uh you know i just did finish doing four albums with andy johns before he passed away and he was very very vocal about listen i that's a nice drum part but try this just try this and I did try it, and and it worked wonderfully. And so, you know, I mean, if you can do that, you can really, really make a song good, and you get that outside critique, and, and it just works, man. And uh, I've also worked with musicians that are hot-headed and say, no, 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 I want to do what I came up with. Mm -hmm. And you, that that's a really hard case in the studio, and uh, it, it, it slows things down. It's best to try ideas that when other people that are working with you on the record, if they come in with some other ideas and they say, will you try this? You should certainly try it. You should just say, of course I'll try it, because it could be a better way into that song, a better way to move the song. And uh, I've just always been open to ideas from producers, other band members and just anybody who's working even an engineer who's working on that album with me if they have an idea i'm definitely going to try it yeah i mean that, that's smart and and maybe why you know all these years into the into your career you're still talking about a new album as opposed to you know doing something else for another line of, of work because right. you've got that objective how much you know of that is the, the picking the right producer for the project and I don't know how much in the early days of the band you guys really had a say in your producers but obviously as you've gone on in your career and you guys have worked with different producers and, and things but um, how much of that is just you know hey this is Andy Johns he knows his shit because he's got and all you know this resume that you can't argue how much is that just faith in what no, his ears yeah it's a big thing John it's, it's, it's like you know because you go into the album without the producer. So the band and the management or just the band alone are going to sit down and say, who do we want to produce this? Who do we want to approach and see? And you obviously, you, you're going to approach somebody that you really, really like their work. And when we did Cocked and Loaded, you know, I had already worked with Tom Warman on a one-off called The Bees. We were from the Midwest, and we did an album with him. And we, everybody in LA Guns were big fans of Worman. He had done Cheap Trick, he had done Motley Crue, he had done Ted Nugent. So he had this real great resume. 
And that's why we approached Tom and we wanted him to produce Cocked and Loaded. And the same thing goes with, uh, you know, when I was with Kale, obviously to get Gene Simmons to produce it, that was definitely Ron approaching Gene and asking him to produce this record because of his body of work. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, and with Andy Johns, I mean, ooh, Jesus, yeah. he, he had done so much, you know, with Led Zeppelin, uh, so much stuff that we loved. And you could stop there with Led work. Zeppelin. Oh God, he was a master, and we, we wanted to work with him for so many years, mm-hmm. and we just never got the opportunity to to do it. So when we did, I became best friends with him, and uh, we did four albums in a row with Andy Johns. And, you know, I got to produce Renegades, the new album. I produced it. And I got to really draw on a lot of stuff that I learned from Andy Johns mm-hmm. and Tom Worman and Gene Simmons. And I just got to really pull and and watch them, and especially Andy doing four albums in a row. I was in the studio with them all the time and watching them and seeing how he approached it. And so when I produced Renegades, I was able to you know, draw on those experiences and uh, and know how to work within the band, even though I was in the band, work with them and and, and, mm-hmm. and, and know how to draw out of them from watching how Andy was doing it. And so I used the same engineering to use on those albums with us in the same studio, and um, I got to produce this album, and I had a blast doing it. It was great. Has, has the technology played a role in how how you know how Andy did it or Tom did it? I mean, obviously, budgets are, are certainly a totally different thing. But you know, obviously, there's, there's technology now that doesn't involve razor blades and magnetic tape and the right. such. Is how much of you know the lessons you learn from you know at the feet of the the masters? Are you able to take forward into a modern era of recording? Is it is it much different, or are you still kind of approach you know building a house the same way? You need walls, you need a foundation. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, you know, obviously everybody is doing digital right now, and mm-hmm. it's for a couple of reasons. You know, everybody would love to be doing analog, and I, I won't say everybody, but um, the big percentage of musicians are using digital and uh, and Pro Tools. And, and everybody would love to be doing it on analog and mm. the old school way because of how warm it sounded and and we were so used to recording that way. Mm. But with the tight budgets that you have nowadays, too, you don't have these elaborate budgets that you can work with and go in and have a three-month pre-production and a three-month recording session. Mm. You have to really work quick and you have to work you know, in a tight budget area and, and Pro Tools Digital, it works. It works for this type of situation that we're in. And you know, obviously they've, they've, they've improved Pro Tools and they've improved this whole digital sound. And so you're getting a much better sound than when we first started using it. Right. And, uh, I did all four albums with Andy on Pro Tools. And, you know, he was an analog guy for all his life, and so wasn't I. But we, we pretty much started on Pro Tools together, and, uh, but it really works well. You can work quickly, and you can work efficiently. And now that they've improved the quality of Pro Tools, you can really get close to that analog sound. So, you know, I, I just think that, yeah, you've got to move with the times, and, uh, 
right now everything is Pro Tools and uh, it worked for us on this album and the past albums we've done with Andy and uh, it's just it's that that's the way to go right now unless you unless you're like a multi multi millionaire you own your own studio like Dave Grohl and he has yeah. his own board and his own tape machines. That that's a really fortunate way to go. But uh, otherwise, you know, you, with these tight budgets you're getting from these independent labels, Pro Tools is the way to go. Yeah, this way you don't have to mortgage your entire future to pay pay back right. the advances and stuff. So it makes sense. Well, Steve, that's right. That's right. I want to thank you so much. I, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy man, but uh, again, the new album comes out November 13th. Phenomenal record. Uh, praying we get to see you guys out on the road in in 2021 obviously 2020 oh, is shot in the ass but um i'm really looking forward to seeing you guys uh, it's been a long time coming and uh, a great record so i wish you guys all the best uh, with john it. i appreciate the support brother it was great talking to you keep your fingers crossed we got a full schedule in 2021 everything that was in 2020 all moved to 2021 and uh just everybody who wants to know about the new album Renegades it comes out November 13th they can go to laguns.net and find everything on how to order it and there's a bunch of fun stuff on there with tour dates and merch so laguns.net is the place to go to find out about anything with LA Guns right now and I thank you for your support brother and be safe out there alright that about wraps it up again Steve Riley with the LA Guns on laguns.net make sure you get the right website uh, the album comes out on the 13th. It's called Renegades. You can visit us to find out more information at ironcityrocks.com. Drop us an email, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Uh, the LA Guns are scheduled to play the M3 Festival on, I think it's May 1st of 2021, so we'll keep our fingers crossed that there will be live music by May of 2021. Look forward to seeing those guys down in Maryland, and hopefully we'll get them in Pittsburgh. A lot of bands... Always fun, you know, the M3 Festival. I think a lot of people from Pittsburgh will make the drive down. But it's always cool because it seems like a lot of those bands will hit us either on the way there or on the way back uh, here in Pittsburgh. So maybe we'll get the LA Guns in town before too long. I want to thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on social media. We're Iron City Rocks. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Yeah.